This episode of Six Pennies Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Lone Factory. Uh, Billy Nguyen is our buddy at Lone Factory. He has the branch out in Dallas, Texas. Lone Factory is a national company with branches all over the country. Billy in Dallas comes to us with 15 years of experience, I believe. Um, And he has a team of associates that are working around the clock to help you get the best possible rates for financing or refinancing your home. Uh, home buying is, is difficult. You can ask any of us on the podcast. I know Mock is um, kind of working on that right now. And uh, it helps to have somebody with expertise. Uh, Billy and the Loan Factory team works with a number of different lenders, 40 or 50 different lenders, I believe, to make sure you have the best options to choose from. Uh, they also are always available to give you advice or um, answer any questions that you have during the home buying process. You can give Billy a call at 469-585-4498. You can also check him out at facebook.com slash LoanFactoryHQ. Once again, that's Billy Nguyen, and his phone number is 469-585-4498. Thanks, Loan Factory. All right, it's time for another episode of The Vault. We are all at home with nothing to do, so it's time to go back and do my favorite thing, which is rewatch TV. Mock and Albie, you guys ready? Yes, you I'm chose ready, man. How many an times, amazing episode. How many times have you seen this? Yeah, how many times have you seen this particular episode? So I, I originally had a, a couple different um, TV shows that I wanted to do for this episode of The Vault. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, The Vault is where we go back and think about some of our favorite TV shows ever and just kind of um, look at you know the, the best one um, and deep dive into, into that series, into that episode. I, I was thinking of doing a couple other shows that we just couldn't find. Uh, to to stream easily online or that some of us hadn't watched before and so instead we went with one that uh all three of us have definitely watched many times we actually started watching it uh well you guys started watching it together with me it's uh how i met your mother nine seasons of how i met your mother um i personally have seen this episode i at least 15 times uh i chose an episode towards the end of season two it's episode 20, it's called Showdown. It is the episode where Barney Stinson goes on The Price is Right. It is probably my all-time favorite, but there's there's a few in the running. How do you guys feel about this episode? My favorite. I'm gonna go, by far. I'm gonna go negative Nancy today. Uh-oh. But, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, surprise, go surprise. Ahead, go ahead, Mark. Go ahead, I'm so, I'm so shocked, Albie is the contrarian. Well, Albie and I are both in the same boat, I think, in terms of how we feel about How You Met Your Mother. Uh, we both finished the series, obviously, but it, it left a lot to be desired the last six, seven seasons of the show. Uh, but for as far as individual episodes, this one was... I, I think about it a lot. It's it's my favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about this individual episode. And Albie, you're still not that, not that high on it? So um, I, I will caveat by saying this is my second time ever watching the episode the first time was with what? you what like 12 years ago how long ago was that yeah it was 2007 so that's almost 13 years ago 13 years ago so my uh romanticized recollection of the of the episode was really really high so i was like excited to watch it and the funny parts were actually really funny like i'm giving props to um you know Price is Right and Bob Barker and all that. I mean, some of those, some of those interactions are hilarious. But I, I really didn't remember that. It's basically like seven minutes of the show. Yeah. Yep. The first twenty minutes was like, yep, D, C minus. <laughs> I, hey, I'm I'm with you on that part. Um, 
I have seen this show many times, or this episode many times, and the first couple seasons of the show many times. This was always one of my favorites. I haven't watched it in at least four or five years, I think. Um, and it's not as good as I remember. Um, Mock, do you disagree? <sighs> Wait, Mock, how many times have you seen it? Probably four, four or five. Okay. Yeah, when it was on Netflix, I think a couple years ago or yeah. last year, I, I specifically only watched this episode a few times. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's still it's still way up there for me. Um, yeah. I, I think it takes a lot of, maybe courage isn't, isn't the right word, but it takes something for, for a sitcom to have a, like a show within a show. And, and I think this particular rendition of it was one of the best I've seen. That's true. Let me give a quick recap of the storyline, uh, kind of breezing through the first, like, like Albie said, the first 15 minutes or so of the episode. It's uh, preparing for Marshall and Lily's wedding, and Marshall and Lily are trying to prove that they don't need each other. They're not codependent, so they're trying to sleep um, in separate places. Uh, and then Lily is also trying to add weight so she can fit into her wedding dress. Uh, but most importantly, like we talked about, Barney is going on The Price is Right, uh, which he is phenomenal at guessing all the the prices or knowing all the prices. But the reason why he's going is because he believes that Bob Barker is his father. Uh, and like we mentioned, there are some incredible, incredible interactions there when uh, when he calls him dad and asks if he's, gonna, <laughs> if he's proud of him. Uh, and so that's, that's easily the highlight of the episode. But before we talk too much about the episode, I think it's important to think about How I Met Your Mother as a whole. And the reason why I chose it for this podcast is that um, it, you know, the, the first couple seasons that we watched together that we started out on uh, and binged were two of the best seasons, I think, of, of television for starting out a series that we can remember. The series went way too long. Nine seasons, over 200 episodes. The entire last season was centered around a wedding day, uh, Robin and Barney's wedding, spoiler alert. Uh, and it was awful. Uh, yeah. Mock, you mentioned it. I, I'm in the same boat. It was a really rough ending after those first two and a half years, maybe it went downhill for six to seven years. So that's that's a pretty tough look for um, why we have it on this podcast. But those first couple seasons, incredible, up there, incredible, with, incredible, up there with with almost any other um, comedy I can think of. How would you compare those two seasons behind Met Your Mother with a basketball player? Is it like like oh man, uh, Gilbert Arenas? Gilbert Arenas, like Dana Barros with the fifty-point game, like <laughs> like those those first two seasons of How I Met Brandon Your Mother. Roy? Th- yeah, those are almost untouchable. Ooh. Like like you can compare those first Ooh. two seasons with the first two seasons of Friends, and it oh, it's not far close. and above. Yeah, and and this is one of those. So you're saying you're shows. saying you're saying it's Penny then. Ooh, no, I I specifically did not want to leave. <laughs> I want to go there. Actually, this <laughs> might be Penny. This might be no. Penny. Penny was was first. Penny was what first team All NBA in his his second or third season, right? Yeah, yeah. but he he was still and serviceable. This this yeah, show was he, not I mean, he was serviceable. Good for, after. He was good for four, maybe four yeah. or five years. So you can't really compare it exactly to an NBA player, but I think go Brandon Penny. Roy. Brandon Roy's pretty solid too because he was really good. Uh, is it like Derrick Rose? But Derrick Rose got hurt. This show if hurt Penny, a lot of people. Is, if Penny's Twilight his career is considered serviceable, so is Derrick Rose's. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I'm just thinking of those first couple years, how strong it was immediately, and then how far off it dropped really quickly. So I guess a lot of those options can be in the running. But did you oh, did you ever did you ever look into why and and what made no. it drop off so bad? Because you're right, um, the first two seasons, and I'm not as a big 
as big of a fan as you guys are with the show. I understand the, I, I understand the, um, everybody's like love for it, especially the, the generation right under us mock, like the, you know, the kid, the, the people that are like four to seven years younger, cause it, it's kind of like their friends. Cause when it came out, you know, they were in college and then as the show continued, it was like the same life trajectory, the same arc. Yeah. Just new jobs, going to the bars every day to drink. So it's like, I understand that they kind of connected with it, but man, it's, I know you guys say the first two seasons are way better than Friends. I, I actually don't see it. I, I still think Friends is just better. And that's just me being biased. Friends is I, definitely better overall. But yeah, if you I feel look like at the, like season by season, I think it's kind of pretty clear. Yeah, I, I feel like if you um, I, you get kind of like a, a, a bias that comes from the rest of Friends. That's how I feel. Like Friends is so good Probably. starting in season like late two and into three. Basically when Ross and Rachel get together, which I think is, is around that time. Yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like the, the bias hits where we're like, oh man, Friends has always been amazing. But the first season, like at the very end of it, no, nothing has even really happened yet between Ross and Rachel. And it's, it's still really gaining its footing. Um, I think it's really in that later second season and beyond. Where but the, it, the difference to, to me is, the difference to me, even in those first first one, two, or three seasons with Friends, let's just say it's mediocre, serviceable. I would say that the the characters are way, way stronger than every single character yeah. on How I Met Your Mother outside of Barney. And that's what I wanted to get yeah. into on this yeah. episode is, it was basically like dying for 10 minutes for me when I was watching this morning until Barney he went into the the apartment and pretended how he was gonna go down yeah Barney rebounds the whole show yeah yeah over like over. that was yeah. that was literally nine or ten minutes into the show so over a third of the show I'm like what what is going on like this is such a waste of my time until that scene and then it finally I finally laughed and it finally got better with um actual prices right yeah, not to not to uh, make excuses for this show, but all these shows in this era did have that writer strike right in the middle, yep. and I think this exactly. fell like season three. Uh, so yep. no excuses for anything after that point, which is when it went really downhill. But uh, season three, I think, was the beginning of that beginning of the end for sure. Yeah, and it it follows a similar trajectory to several shows that we've already talked about in this podcast, which were right during this time. So The Office also yeah. started right around this year, and so, but but um, The Office did like do really well after the writer strike. I think in seasons like four and five, they're still very strong. And I mean, the uh, lost. If we're talking about if we're talking about first two seasons of a show, I mean, the first two of Office is up there too. That's true. Uh, Lost and uh, Friday, Night, Friday Night Lights were both victims of the writer's strike where Ooh. right in the middle after two or three seasons or in Friday Night Lights is in the second season things kind of go kind of haywire uh, of course they, they both kind of bounce back to uh, in, in different ways but yeah I, I would say that could be one of the culprits I don't actually know if there's a, a different writer or anything but um, going back to, to Albie's point I was going to talk about this too the characters um, that's, that's really where we Fine in this episode, uh, like you mentioned, it's it's obvious Barney is the MVP. This is um, his episode, but it also really highlights um, kind of how blah some of the other characters are. I know you guys, yeah. hate, I know oh, you guys man. hate Ted. Um, like Ted I, is so bad. He yeah. is yeah. so like when he was reading his, um, you know, his uh, best man speeches. Yep. 
Yeah, I felt like he. I felt like he had the words on that pad because he was actually just reading it from that pad. <laughs> like he is. I don't think he's an actor, man. Like how so did I was, he get that role? So I was trying to look up like who else could have been cast for Ted. I couldn't find anything. I found a couple others though. Um, I don't know if you guys. Bateman, man. Oh, no, Bateman. He's, Bateman he's too old. Bateman for Ted? Yeah, he can't be Ted. Uh, did not? you guys know that that Jim Jim Parsons was almost Barney, the Big Bang Theory guy? Uh, and then oh, Jennifer, weird. see that. And Jennifer Love Hewitt was almost Robin. Oh, I remember I, reading about legit. that. Yeah, I, I don't know. She might have been too big of a name. Yeah, I, I think I like I like that Robin was a miscellaneous or not miscellaneous, like an anonymous, an unknown at the time. Yeah, going back to basketball comparisons, what would Barney be on this show then? Is he like 2007 LeBron? A bunch of no names carrying the show. Man, that's very high praise. <laughs> I mean, he is the show, though. Yeah, but LeBron wouldn't wait until the second quarter to introduce himself. <laughs> okay, uh, all right, no, no more of that. <laughs> well, okay, so let, let's go to our memories section. So, you know, he's I, Dirk, I like couple... man. He's Dirk. Oh, oh, six or eleven? Yeah, the young Dirk. Yeah, you never give Jason Terry no, enough so, credit. Yeah, there's so no, many no, no, guys. No, no, no. On the, on Jason, the Jason Terry brought it to the finish line, but the first quarter was always Josh Howard. That's Ted. <laughs> you hate Josh Howard too. Josh Howard sucks, man. <laughs> All star. Well, well, this was a question that I was going to bring up today. I know we've always kind of established that Ted Mosby is the worst, but from doing research the past week, there's a lot of hate out there for Lily Aldrin. Lily is, is pretty blah. Yeah, there's a lot of arguments to be made that she is actually worse than Ted. Like, she's she's, she's a psychopath. Bad. Yeah, She is pretty bad. Wait, why is she a psychopath? Man, she does, like, so many things throughout the show. And obviously, I, I've only watched this through once. Uh, but just things like she she's very manipulative. Like, she breaks up Ted and Robin, or she k- tries to break up Ted and Robin over, like, a minimal nothing $5 bet. She breaks up Ted with all of his previous girlfriends before because they don't pass, like, some front porch test. Like, she doesn't think they should be together, so she finds a way to break them up. And, I mean, it just kind of goes on from there. But I think those two in and of itself is for what little that she brings to the show from a comedic standpoint, uh, those are are glaring, glaring weaknesses. There's no, like, there's no Lily moment. Yeah. What is a moment that really defined her as a character on this nine-year run? She left Marshall, and then, exactly, yeah, that's the problem. Then, yeah. What well, was it again? She left, and what was like an artist? She went to art art school, yeah. And then wasn't Ted's one of Ted's moved ex to San Francisco. who left for? Yeah, wasn't she an artist too? Oh, I don't, I don't remember. There are too remember? many exes to keep track of. No. Well, she was the one where I wanted her to be the mom. I forgot her name. My Victoria. My Victoria yes, was Victoria. a uh, baker. She's the baker. Oh, baker. Yeah, everybody everybody wanted her because she was like early in the early she in was the show great. and she was solid. You yeah, guys didn't like uh, Elliot Reed? Yeah, I wanted um, Reed. Yeah, I mean, that scrubs. was the best. That's one of my favorite episodes, that date. Oh, yes. Oh, I should have chosen that one. That was, that was solid. That's later in, that's like season, I don't know, like four or five? That yeah, was a really good episode. Definitely past season two. Hmm. 
All right. Well, before we uh, keep going too much into the, the down memory lane, let's talk about another one of our sponsors, um, Tasty Tales in Richardson, Texas, one of Albie's favorites. I know Maka's been there too. We've got some great uh, seafood and crawfish, Cajun-style food. Uh, and I, I know it's it's hard for restaurants right now, so definitely give them a call and, and order some takeout or delivery. Um, I know they're doing that. I believe you could probably order online as well. Um, and Tasty Tales is really good at, at staying connected with community. I know Michelle over there is always trying to help out in any way she can. Uh, and I think Albie knows a little bit more that she's doing right now, right? Yeah, I mean, from a Tasty Tales perspective, they still have crawfish specials. So it is crawfish season, even though we're all in lockdown. Uh, but Tuesday is five ninety nine a pound. And like Timmy uh, alluded to, you can definitely order and pick up, you know, still get the special that way. Um, I did want to shout out a Facebook group that was created just two weeks ago. There's almost 15,000 members in it, but the title is called Asian Grub in DFW. Um, it's basically connecting all of the Asian restaurants that are being impacted by, you know, COVID-19. A lot of these mom and pop shops don't have, you know, a website, don't even have a Facebook page. So it's really up to the, the customers to kind of share uh, what's open, the hours, what's on the menu, things like that. So I do want to shout this out because it is helping out a lot of restaurants, um, a lot of friends that I know as well. So it's called Asian Grub and DFW. I bet there's similar groups in the locations that you guys are located in. But yeah, just wanted to shout that out. Um, I think they wanted just to hit, you know, like a thousand members. And like I said, it's it's past the 15,000 mark. So props to them. Wow. Amazing name. It's amazing. It is solid. Uh, okay. I, actually, since we're, we were kind of talking about characters, I, I did want to talk about post How I Met Your Mother um, careers for these characters. Who would you guys take as the best uh, post or non How I Met Your Mother careers? Uh, I, I looked this up. I'll go ahead and let you guys know. For Ted, he has been in nothing, absolutely nothing of <laughs> oh, consequence. Geez. So he's clearly. I mean, last, who's going to cast that guy, man? The, the other thing is <laughs> any Lily, director watching this show, oh my gosh, would blacklist him instantly. Lily is uh, is of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer fame, and then she was in like American Pie, but nothing really besides that or after this show. So uh, clearly kind of the same thing. People watched it and realized she's not good. So we have three real contenders. It's Marshall, Robin, or Barney. Um, Mock, how about you? What, who would you take? Oh, uh, I feel like Barney. What has he been in other than like Harold and... Hiron Kumar and and hosting a bunch of award shows. I mean, he he hosts he hosts them very well. He's in Gone Girl. He was in Gone Girl. Um, he's in he's in like random cameos and he yeah. he's done some like Broadway stuff. Uh, and then like you said, he's he's a host and he just became like a bigger star in general. But I don't know, yeah. he hasn't been in that much stuff. I'm a pretty big fan of uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, so yep. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Marshall for now. I love I love you, man. Oh, and I love you, man. That's true. Yeah, he's good in that. I feel like he plays himself. <laughs> uh, but in those roles, I, I think it comes out very natural. And then Robin, of course, has the huge role in the Marvel Universe as right. Agent Maria Hill. And then she's in that show that we like, Friends from College. She was in the the second Jack Reacher, uh, the one with Tom Cruise. So, Albie, who would you go with? Yeah, she's kind of taken over as like the female... Um, I guess not taken over, but she is very prominent in the female action movies now 
playing that strong. Yeah, like Jack Reacher. There's another one that I forgot the name of, but I think I'll I think I'll go with her because oh, like you guys, I do love I love you, man, and forgetting Sarah Marshall. But I think um, I think a lot more people know her than know him. So I'm gonna go with her. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way, and I'm going Barney uh, because Ooh. I think every I think everybody knows Neil Patrick Harris. I think he is a huge influencer, uh, social media wise, uh, and his causes. I believe, um, like I mentioned before, he's he's just in like a lot of things as like a star, as like a cameo mm-hmm. of a star, and you know, hosting award shows. That's huge. I think he won a Tony Award for his Broadway work. So yeah, yeah I'm gonna go with his, Susie He had his own musical, right? I remember watching oh, it. For- yeah, it was like a, a a movie. It was like an hour, hour and a half long of just him doing singing. It was, oh, it was very super impressive. Super talented. Yeah, yeah he talented. is. Wasn't that I, also I would the case? Say one, of, ha- one, of the, one of the funny moments that I like about How I Met Your Mother, and again, it's been over 10 years, but all those um, scenes where he would, when he would go back to like Doogie, ha- Doogie Howser status. <laughs> And goes back and writes in his like diary on the blue computer. Like I love that. Um, I so do miss those scenes. There, no, there is actually a. Speaking of the the musical they mentioned, isn't there an episode where he does a one man play and uh, makes it last as long as possible and keeps saying the word moist? Yeah. Is the show better than we remember? Man. Well, l- let's go back. So, what other big episodes do you remember? So, we talked about the uh, the Sarah Chalk or the Elliot episode. Um, we talked. We've talked about the one the one man show uh, Slap It and Slaps Giving are humongous. <laughs> I remember the um, perfect week uh, where week. He, he tries. Yeah, Barney tries to pick up a different girl for like yeah. seven days in a row. They bring in like uh, Jim Nance to narrate. It's, it's pretty Ooh. good. Um, Robin Sparkles. <laughs> Robin Sparkles, yeah. That was a the good mall. One. Oh, that's that's a pretty incredible one. I mean, there's there's some pretty iconic episodes here. That's true. We've named a lot more than I than I probably give them credit for. I, I feel like a lot of these are like um, they're so memorable compared to, well, not compared to other shows but it's just like it's surprising that that's easy to name like these simple things that you can just say and you guys immediately know what it is right maybe part of it is that we all watched it together how um how old do you think no patrick harris is right now yes and 45 45 uh, i mean it's, i'll take the over i'm gonna go 48 46 Oh, Price is Right last. Yeah. How old do you guys think uh, Kobe Smolders is? Robin. Ooh, that's a good uh, I looked this up. I looked this up earlier. She's like 37, 36 or something. 38. 38. 38. From Canada. So that kind of fits her. And then finally, Jason Siegel. How old do you think he is? Is maybe, he older than? Do you think he's older? 40, 43? Yeah, I'd say low 40. I'll go 40. One. 40 years old. He's been oh, in a both ton. <laughs> He's been in a ton. Knocked Up, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I Love yeah, Son, Despicable Me, Bad Teacher, Muppets, Five-Year Engagement, This is 40, Sex Tape. He's been a ton. Wow, that's all in the last, like, after the five, show. ten years, too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, I Love You, Man, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall are, are the big ones where he's, like, a star, like the star in it, right? I guess Despicable Me, he's a pretty big voice in it. I think Bad Teacher, he was a star, too, with Cameron Diaz. I don't know. Yeah, he was the oh, co-star. Oh, got it. 
with it. Yeah. Okay. Fellow teacher. And then wasn't he the main guy in Five Year Engagement? Did not see that one. I don't with know. Emily Blunt. That's a good movie. Okay, so let's go to memories. Um, I, I think part of what makes the show memorable is how we started watching the show. Um, I had started watching it True. the first season briefly, um, and then this is when Albie came, to, or not Albie came, um, when Mock came to California and introduced us all together, and you guys came over, and we watched a ton of the first season, I think, at my place, uh, and then binged through the second season. That, at that point, only That's two seasons right. had been through. Wow. And I, yeah, man. I, I also, that was like a top that was a top ten weekend. Wow. This is part of the this is part of the day, man. I I, I honestly only remember White Men Can't Jump and Rose Bowl. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, you're right. Maybe you don't it, had be, it had Frito, to be part of Frito the Burritos and, and the Frito yeah. No, in terms of what we watched. Uh, yeah. Of uh, course I remember all the other stuff. Neo, Neo watching Neo, Neo concerts. Neo, yeah. Jamba, <laughs> yeah. Jamba Juice Secret Menu. <laughs> Jolly Rich. Oh, what, what about the um 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 the fair, yeah, yeah. dipping dots, fair. dipping dots, free dipping. <laughs> okay, this is nobody else understands what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway, we watched we watched this together, and then I, I subsequently I, I know that I shared this show with at least seven or eight other people and got them hooked too. So I feel like I I felt had some ownership in the show in like Ooh, spreading sure. the word with some people that I know. And so that did you guys do that too? No, during that era, you were the you were the person getting everyone on the show. That was your job. <laughs> So do you feel I, a little guilty now? Like it, no, now I that the show fine. didn't turn out as good as the trajectory had hoped? I definitely don't feel guilty. I mean at the time <laughs> it was the right move, right? It's like telling somebody guilty. in telling somebody in 2008 that Brandon Roy is really good, right? Like he, he he was. It's not I didn't know that he didn't have cartilage in his knee. That's that's not my fault. I mean you got to do the background research on that, man. That's, I guess that's fair. Um, so part of the problem with the show is the later half, uh, but really the finale. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the finale. How do, do you, yes. what, what do you guys think of that? Awful. Albie, do you remember? I do. I don't remember all the details, but I do remember hating it. I remember um, not liking how they ended the story. It was like a cop-out. So, Very big So the whole, the whole end of the whole last season is talking about Robin and Barney getting ready to be married to each other. And the last episode is is their wedding day. Um, and then, like, in the last few minutes, they kind of fast forward through, like, the next several years. And oh, yeah. so. Robin and Barney get divorced. He backslides into being a, a playboy again, but then randomly has, like, a one-night stand and has a daughter, and everything changes for him. So it's, like, everything, just random stuff happens to See, Barney. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. I, I had to research this. Um, Ted marries the, the mom. Her name is Tracy I think that she was an okay mom, I not necessarily her. the one that we wanted. I liked her. But then she dies. She dies after a few years. Um, and the the kids are like, apparently they're talking to him when their mom has already been, been dead for a few years by now. And Ted decides he needs to go after Aunt Robin. And they're like, duh, we knew this the whole time. You should be going after Aunt Robin. <laughs> yeah, that, and it ends that with him was... bringing the blue French horn to her. That was so sloppy. The whole... Yeah kids not knowing this whole time well the frustrating thing here is that um if you guys remember in in all the early episodes it's bob saget narrating as as ted in future and then the kids are like on the couch and they're always like commenting right later on in in future seasons they don't show the kids anymore because obviously the kids grow up and so it doesn't make any sense to show them sometimes they'll just show like a shot of them but they're not talking and it's like something pre-recorded all in those first couple seasons in this last episode, apparently, in the last episode, when they say, duh, dad, you should be going for Robin, 
they recorded that in the first two seasons. So oh. the writers always oh. knew that this was I how like it was going to be. Oh, I did not know that. Man, that's, I do not is, like that. No, I like that so much more. I mean, really? it's still a crappy ending, but I like that yeah. it's planned out more. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So now, so is this the Breaking Bad of uh, of comedies? Now? <laughs> no, hey, don't ever say that. Um, no, no, but it's just the bad. actually, that makes me like it a little more. It makes me feel like they had a little more direction. They just weaved back and forth in all different directions until they got there. I I guess I don't know. It's it's kind of frustrating to to read that and and just to like read about that last season the last episode this is right up there in the worst finales ever right like what are some of the worst series finales it's yeah i remember writing it was that one and dexter people hated lost but i didn't hate lost that much i was i was fine with lost we had so much emotional equity built up over time that i i liked anything they put out was game of thrones bad oh yeah that that actually takes the cake Right. Oh wow! I just um, felt a sense of relief after finally getting to watch the finale, and and there were some Easter eggs I think in previous episodes about hinting that Ted's wife passes away or or something happens to her. Maybe the season finale, the the season before last, he was talking about the lighthouse, and he said, you know, if I could go back in time and go and do it all over again, I I would just spend a, a few more minutes with her, and then I think that sparked a lot of like online buzz as far as what happened to what happened to his wife and everything. But it was sad and it just, it, it felt like pretty much reinforced what we all thought. Like the, the last six seasons, like they could have just done away with that if, if that was the ending in, in the first place, you know? Yeah. Kind of a disappointing, well, very disappointing for all of us. So what else do you guys want to talk about on either this episode or, um, or how am I your mother well, in general? Well, this episode um, specifically, Man, Lily really was super skinny, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's true. Sickly. I want to bring up, I think I wrote down the worst Ted moment, or the worst moment in this. Like, Ted Mosey is the worst because, like, that whole thing with, where he was, like, rehearsing rehearsing the best man speech, like, that. that's... Why is he doing that at all? Yeah. Like, like just, just go up there and do your speech, man. And doing it in front of the groom, too. Got no confidence, Ted. Um, well, so opposite the, of that. The one, scene, the one scene, and this is more Ted hatred, the one scene that sticks out to me was when Barney un, you know, reveals to them that Bob Barker is their dad uh, at the bar. And they're all like, you know, why would you do that? Like, you're going to, how is he your dad? All the, and Barney gets into it. And then Ted has one line. He's like, so you're going to tell him on national television. <laughs> that one line. Solid, like, hey, solid. I cannot act. This guy cannot <laughs> act at all. Oh, you didn't like that? Okay. No. Because that, oh, yeah. that was his, uh, you know, like acting. And it wasn't really bad to me. Yeah. I guess it's very fresh in our memories. But what was your, was a top moment in, in, the, in the show for you guys? Yeah, peak performance. Peak performance. For me, it was definitely when um, Bob Barker like touched Barney on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was. Uh, that His was, facial that expressions was so were, were yeah. sublime in this man. <laughs> and it's so cool because you're right. Like it's a show with a game show within the show, but those scenes, you know, usually a game show is like 
a lot going on. It's very noisy, you know, a lot of background noise. But those scenes, it was like pitch quiet, and it's really just Barney's facial expressions, and he just looks back <laughs> down at his shoulder, looks back up into Bob's eyes. It was hilarious. You know, a little, a little, a little underrated in in that scene, in those scenes, I think, is where uh, where the either the audience members or or the other contestants are trying to guess, and he he just like he just kills them for it and he's like, like no yeah. it's wrong he's wrong. like wrong overbid wrong. He's like, guys <laughs> like seriously let me do this <laughs> mark what about you yeah so i have three of the i guess my laugh out loud moments in this one two of them belong to barney and then one of them belongs to marshall at the very end so i wrote down the shove when he 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 spins the one dollar on the big wheel and then he shoves yeah. the other yeah. contestant i have to kick Written down when uh, yes. after he wins the final showdown, the high kick in the living so room. So when that, that happened, the kick was huge. Do you guys do you guys think that that took more than one take, <laughs> or do you think it was spontaneous? It is so high. I don't know. It was so good. It was <laughs> because perfect, I was thinking. Man. I was thinking literally when I was watching it this morning. I was thinking. I bet they've done that multiple times, and he accidentally kicked Robin because <laughs> she is right there. <laughs> possible it's one of those near misses that happens in real time it's kind of like uh when vince carter you guys remember vince carter jumping over the 7-2 frederick weiss guy in, in the olympics and then he he does like a he's like KG. really hyped uh, after it's it. almost, KG. he almost <laughs> yeah. like punches kg right <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was number two for me and then the third one was what an example the third one at the very end was uh when they were playing i guess when the credits were rolling they're playing the video that Marshall made the goodnight video or whatever for Lily. And then Marshall wanted Ted to, to help him with it. And it's like, you promised. I think that was, that was probably top three for me. <laughs> that, is, that is not up there for me. <laughs> no. Come on, no. you promised. No. Sha -la -la -la. <laughs> I feel like Marshall, Marshall is really underutilized in the show. It's, I, I mean, he's, Jason Siegel is so good, and Marshall is probably the second best character, but still, I, I think he could be could have been so much more. It gets lumped lumped together with Lillian. She brings yeah. things down, man. It's sad, but I feel like one of the things that we liked about this show or liked about the show is, like you guys mentioned, it's it was during a time when we we're similar age as them, uh, and then you see them grow together. So it's about like their relationships, it's about like the friendships of the guys. I think that was one of the big things. Uh, Marshall and Lily are, are kind of like the backbone of the group, and then Barney's just like such a great character. It's just unfortunate that uh, Ted ruins every, everything. Huh? <laughs> Ted and Lily, neck and neck. Can't figure out which one's the worst. All right, well, before we wrap all this up, let's give a, a special shout out to our friend at Farmers Insurance and Derek Shaw. Now is the best time probably to make sure that you're covered um, in terms of insurance, uh, life insurance, home insurance, auto insurance, maybe not so much. Uh, but anyway, give Derek Shaw a call. His phone number is 214-729-6462. He's always available to give you a consultation, give you a quote. Uh, you can also check out his Facebook page at facebook.com slash Derek Shaw Insurance. There's all sorts of discounts he gives. Um, he'll give you great advice. He's, he's uh, an honest, a great guy. And so make sure to reach out to Derek Shaw. His number is 214-729-6462. And thanks to Farmers Insurance for sponsoring us.